0: in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. As we just sang, give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. Bearing our cross is is one of the themes of our readings today, especially our gospel as Jesus calls us to bear our cross and follow him. Inspiring the artwork on the front cover of our bulletin with the disciples all carrying their cross, following their Lord Jesus. and The theme is echoed also in our epistle lesson as as Paul talks of rejoicing in our sufferings. Because sufferings produce endurance, endurance produce character, and character hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame. Rejoice in our sufferings. Kind of a, a challenging thing for us to hear. And, but also that, that word there for rejoice can also be translated to boast. So, boast in our suffering. It doesn't make it any less challenging or less confusing to, to go bragging, go on bragging about our sufferings. Is that what Paul's calling us to do here? That we should go around being kind of a, a downer of a person, always bragging about how bad your life is? I mean, you might know people like this, like, no matter what you have going on, they're always like a story topper. It always gets worse. Like whatever's going on in your life, theirs is always much worse. That's not fun to be around that kind of person. Is that what Paul's telling us to do here? To, to brag and always be the worst at having some kind of suffering going on in your life? No. But he is helping us to understand our suffering. That we would know how he is working through us or through the suffering to actually help us. And also he wants us to to be encouraged as we endure suffering, that we would be grounded in His sure and certain promises, and and that's really my my theme, uh, that we would be grounded in our Lord's our Lord's sure and certain promises in the face of uncertainty, and the picture I have for this is um, this past fall I had a, a a big dead tree in my in my side yard between my house and my neighbors, and of course I decided I wanted to cut it down and because I have a chainsaw and I'm a man, it's very satisfying to cut trees down. The problem is that the the chances of that tree falling in such a way that it would fall into my neighbor's house were quite high, uh, based on the way that it was leaning. And um, thanks to good counsel from my bride, I opted to not cut the tree down for myself, but got a professional to come. But I was very interested in how he was gonna cut down this tree in such a way that it didn't fall. I didn't know how I was gonna do it. Surely I don't know how this guy's gonna do it either. And right away, the guys come out and and the first dude like shimmies up the tree, surprisingly like an elf. It was amazing how quickly he got up the tree, ties a rope to the top, and they throw the other end of the rope down. And he takes the other end, this is key, he does not tie it to like my kid's swing set or, or like to one of my dogs. And he's not standing there holding it himself. But he takes the other end of the rope And he ties it to one of the neighbor's gigantic, healthy trees. So that no matter how that tree falls, it was kind of uncertain how exactly it was going to fall based on the shape and the weird weight of this thing. But he knew that if he tied this tree to this healthy, solid tree, that no matter what, it wasn't going to fall on the neighbor's house or my house, right? So in the face of uncertainty... When we're not sure how things are gonna work out, it's, it's good to be grounded in something sure and certain. So hopefully the application there is obvious with all the, the uncertainty that we face in this life and in, and in our world, especially these days. Where do we turn for certainty in the midst of so much uncertainty? What is gonna happen in the next election? What's gonna happen with the economy? What's gonna happen with China and Russia? You can go online and there's no end to the doom scrolling you can do and you find yourself very anxious about what could happen in this world. And that's just on a global scale. What's gonna happen with your own health and the health of your loved ones? Will the treatment work this time? What does the future hold? How will that major life decision work out for you? And for your family what's gonna to happen to your kids might they wander from the Lord will I will I have cell phone service this afternoon <laughs> as we endured last week there's so much for us to be unsure and uncertain about and much worse where do you turn for for certain information which news source do you listen to to know you can trust it which doctor can you trust? Because all authority figures these days seem to be giving different opinions. Where do you turn for certainty? Where do you tie down when the trees start falling? Our epistle lesson today lays out certain things for us. As it starts, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ justified by faith simply that we are declared righteous and holy because of christ alone that is not because of anything in us but because of the works of jesus alone on the cross all of his goodness is given to you for free and all of your sin is taken from you and given to him in this great exchange it's declared it's simply spoken to you that you are righteous and that's a sure and certain promise and because of that we have peace with God that's good to know that God is saying that we have peace with him because when we look at our lives it doesn't always it might not always look like you have peace with God you might be wondering if God is maybe punishing you or something how could God be allowing this or that to happen but no he's promised here that because we are justified by faith we have peace with God we are reconciled to him no matter what it might look like in your life he doesn't point you to your life for certainty, but to his cross, to know that we have peace with God. And as the whole second paragraph of our epistle lesson goes to great length to emphasize, it is all a gift. If there was anything in us that merited this great gift, it would always be suspect that we we somehow could mess this up. It couldn't be sure and certain. We'd always be looking back to our lives or our sincerity or something within us. To know for sure that we are that we are at peace with God, to know for sure that we're justified. But he gives us this great comfort because as he says, while we were weak at the right time, Christ died not for the deserving, but for the ungodly. Then he goes on, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not that we were somehow meritorious of, of this salvation. While we were sinners, and it, it's even better while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Enemy, hostile to God, going against God. So it's completely a gift, having nothing to do with anything in us, and there we can take great comfort that we can't mess it up, because it's all a gift from Him, and all of it is sure and certain and unwavering and unshaking. And because all of that is certain, all of His love for us and our peace with Him, because we know that for sure, that changes the way we look at suffering in this this life. And all the uncertainties that the question marks that our suffering might bring up about this life. As we look at our our crosses and our challenges and our sufferings, we can know for sure, I don't know what this means or why this is happening, but I know that it does not mean that God is angry with me, right? It's sure and certain, that's, that's the, the healthy tree that we're tied down to. We know for sure that we have been justified fully in Christ, that God is reconciled to me, that I'm at peace with God, that this, that this suffering, that this cross is not God's anger with me, but he is in fact happy with me. And His promise that no matter what this thing is that I'm facing, it is toward hope. Like hope is the end goal of, of where this suffering is pointed. Now, it's, it's important here to make a distinction between uh, hope, because we often describe hope in, in different ways, or we use hope in different ways. We'll say something like, I, I, I hope the Cubs are good this year or something. like that. This, ho- this uh, There's still this uncertainty. There might be a desired outcome, but you're not sure. Like, I, I hope I'm going to have pizza for supper tonight. I'm I'm actually pretty sure I'm gonna have supper tonight, but something could go wrong. So I'm not totally sure, so I can still hope. So when we say hope, there's still like this uncertainty about the outcome. If we were sure, we'd say, I know I'm gonna have pizza for supper. But since we're not exactly sure, you say, I hope, right? You see, so we use hope only in in instances where we're uncertain, but that's not the case with our Lord. When he talks about hope, he talks about it with a certainty in such a way that somebody who's maybe in a job that they don't particularly particularly enjoy, they're able to hope for Friday. So in the midst of Monday through Thursday, they're kind of maybe going through a job that they don't love, but they're holding out for hoping for Friday, working for the weekend. And that gives them joy in the, in the midst of their job. Now they know Friday's gonna come, it's come before, I look in the past, Fridays come and the weekend was, was nice, so I'm looking ahead to the next Friday, and that gives me joy. And that's the, same, that's the same way our Lord uses hope for you and me, that we would hope in this future desired outcome that he promises to us that we know to be certain because it's grounded in a historical reality. We know that Jesus has died and has risen from the dead, and that gives us a sure and certain hope in the future, and that, that's what gets us through today, you see. So it's like driving through a tunnel and seeing a light on the other end. We can see it. We know it's there. And that's what gets us through and draws us toward it. So in the tunnel of suffering, what is the light? It's the certainty of our own salvation and our resurrection, as, as the Lord has promised, that he's made sure and certain for us by his own death and resurrection for us. And so we can, as he says in today's gospel reading, we can take up our cross and follow him. Now crosses, to be sure, mean suffering. But we suffer as those who follow Jesus. So it doesn't say take up your cross and be alone, but take up your cross and follow me. But follow him where? Where is Jesus going? But to his cross. So we follow Jesus knowing that he is the one who has gone to the cross for us. And we spend our life in this world, no matter what comes, no matter what the uncertainties, we face it all knowing that we stand under the cross, fully justified and at peace with him, living from his forgiveness each day. And we know that we're following him ultimately to eternal life. Just as he lives, so will we. Just as he has risen from the dead, so will we. So we look to him, and we know we're going in the way that he has gone. And so we can then joyfully take up our crosses, no matter what they might be and how uncertain they might be. But we follow him, and we cling to the certain things. So yes, uncertainty abounds in this world. But in the midst of it all, we can even rejoice and boast in our sufferings knowing that we are tied to our Lord's sure and certain promise of eternal life with him. And we know that he has promised to work through our suffering for our good. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We stand for prayer.